Hey everybody, we are continuing our Disciple Maker series where we're thinking about what does it mean to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus who's becoming like Jesus and who helps other people become disciples as well. Disciples who make disciples. I remember probably a couple of decades ago or more, I was preaching once at Zio and I brought this massive bucket full of chocolate bars. I can't even remember why I did it, but basically at the start of this little preach, I said to everyone, who would like a chocolate bar? And literally the church erupted. People were jumping up and down. It was hilarious chaos. Everyone lost their Britishness for just a second. People were even running up the front just to get their free chocolate bar. It was absolute madness, but a lot of fun. But then in this moment, something kind of crazy happened because in all of that chaos, I felt God speak to me. And and it wasn't the purpose of my message, but I felt God say to me, if only the people longed for me as much as they longed for that chocolate. If only they knew they needed me even more than they needed that chocolate. There's a story told in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 35 to 38, where we read these words. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So in this story, we see uh, Jesus busy about the work of the kingdom. He's preaching the good news. He's healing people, casting out demons, raising the dead. Lives are changing, and yet the needs are still great. And in this moment, we see Jesus grabbing a people-watching moment. Have you ever done that? Do you ever people-watch? Amy and I were out just the other day in a park, and we just sat down on a bench, and we just watched as people go go by. It's it's fascinating to do, isn't it? You you look at people's, uh, the way they're behaving and acting and talking, you start to imagine the stories behind their lives. And in this moment, Jesus pauses his miracle campaign, and he does a a people-watching moment. And in this moment, we're told that he feels great compassion for the people. In fact, this, the Greek word here is splags nizomai. That's the word, splags nizomai. It kind of, you get the sense of like, oh, he's feeling splags nizomai. And, and it really conveys this deep sense of like feeling something in, the, in your gut, in your core. That sense of feeling heartbroken right in the depths of your being. And the reason that Jesus feels this is despite the people that he's bringing good news to, he sees so many who are feeling helpless and harassed and anxious and insecure and hopeless and weary and discouraged. The list goes on. And he's gutted in the very core of his being. He's very sad and heartbroken about this. Let me ask you whether any of that sounds familiar Here we are in the 21st century. We have the greatest medical and technological advances that the world has ever seen. And yet, we have the greatest pandemic of mental health issues equally that the world has ever seen. 
And, and Jesus looks on the world today just like he looked on the people 2,000 years ago. And he feels splogs needs am I, that deep sense of great compassion as he sees how much people are struggling and battling with their identity and insecurity and all of these things. He cares for people and he cares for you. And into this moment of great compassion, Jesus turns to his disciples in this people-watching moment, and he says three things to them. And the first thing he says is this, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is ripe, some of our Bible says. And actually, this is a positive thing. It's a positive comment. Despite the heartbreak of what he sees, Jesus is looking on and saying, the opportunity for good news to come to people is huge. People are desperate for some good news. It's almost that sense that Jesus is saying, everybody longs to be rescued. Everybody longs to be saved. They just don't know that they need the Savior. And that's true, isn't it? Like if we, if we went into the, to the streets all around us, we spoke to our friends and neighbors and colleagues, and we said to them, would you love to be free from comparison, insecurity, fear, anxiety? Would you love to grow in freedom for, from all of the things that weigh you down? Like everybody on the planet would say, yes, I'd love to grow in freedom from those things. Everyone wants to be free. Everyone wants to be Uh, saved. Everyone wants to be rescued. The harvest is ripe, Jesus is saying. They just don't know that there's a saviour alone who can do it. That we need God. We need Jesus. We long for him more than we need ultimately even chocolate. The harvest is ripe, but the workers are few, Jesus says. There's this massive need, there's this massive opportunity, Jesus says, for loads of people, billions and billions of people, people in your networks to to know Jesus, come to know him, experience his great rescue, but the workers are few. There's only a small number of people who are willing to make the sacrifice, to be courageous, to, to not worry about what others think about them. And to reach out and be that good news. This Greek word for few literally means puny, tiny. It's like this huge contrast where Jesus is saying the opportunity to bring good news is massive. But there's a tiny, tiny number of people who are willing to be that good news. The problem is when everybody thinks that somebody will do it, that no one will do it. And so then Jesus says this third thing, what we must do in the light of this, we must pray. He says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into the harvest field. Notice it says, ask the Lord of the harvest. It reminds us that that ultimately people belong to God. People matter to God. The harvest is people. The only thing we can take to heaven with us is people. Does our diary and our decisions reflect that reality? The harvest is ripe. The workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into his harvest field. And what should we pray? We should pray that we would have Splogs needs am I, that we would have that deep compassion for people as we look around at what's going on in the world and the, the burdens that they're carrying, that we would feel the compassion that Jesus has for them. And because out of that compassion, that we would then embrace his mission to be good news to them and to look to rescue them. Because what happens when we pray is that we discover that most of the time, God is pointing to us and saying, 
you join in, you jump in, you be good news in a world that's desperate to hear this message. I remember years ago when we had um, the March of Witness one Easter on, a, on the Good Friday, and we all gathered hundreds, literally five or 600 Christians from the churches together in Hitchin, in Bancroft, and then we, we kind of walked slowly the mile uh, all the way up, maybe half a mile, all the way up to the Market Square in Hitchin. And I was right at the back with a lady called Stephanie from another church, and, and as we were getting close to the Market Square, Stephanie turned to me and she said, that's not right. And I said, what's not right? She said, I've noticed how everyone in this line of Christians on Good Friday have walked past Rebecca. And Rebecca was a lady who would sell the big issue outside of boots. And on this day when we think that Jesus gave his all, he gave his life, he sacrificed everything as a great act of love, the generosity of God, 500 plus Christians walked past Rebecca And no one stopped even to say hi. We are called, as this story reminds us, to be those who don't walk by. Jesus stopped. He paused. He looked. He allowed his heart to be touched by those who needed rescuing, even if they didn't know he was the answer. And he invites us to do the same, to be touched by people and the issues that they're facing, so that we too would jump in with those kingdom works of praying and rescuing and loving and healing and being kind and being generous and telling people that there is a God who loves them and wants to be restored into relationship with them. The harvest is ripe. The workers are few. Ask God to send more workers into the harvest field and then start with me. Let me pray about that in this moment. I want you to pause for a second and think about the the places where God has planted you, your family, your friends, your neighbours, your work colleagues, that coffee shop that you go to regularly, the gym, even the stranger in the street. This is a moment where we're saying, God, help me to see people like you see them. Help me to hear the cry of their heart like you hear it. Help me to feel that deep compassion for them that you feel. And give me the courage to do good things for them, to help them, to support them, to cheer them on. And when they ask why, that I would be bold enough and courageous enough to tell them, to introduce them to the one who's changed our own story, Jesus Christ. The harvest is ripe. The workers are few. So God, would you send more workers into the harvest field and start with me and start with me. This is our prayer today as we commit to be disciples who make disciples the good news to us and the good news through us. Amen.